Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Board Game Mechanics. I'm Katie, and with me, as always, is... Hey, guys, what's going on? It is Jason. Yay, we're back to a normal intro. I, I approve of that. <laughs> you know, I was actually, like, going over the intro in my head, like, okay, like, do I say good evening? No, no, Katie, you never say good evening. Do I say good day? No, you never say good day. Okay, what do you say? Do you say hello? Like, what do you say? Do you say hey? You obviously don't say hey, because hey got weird. Okay, like, you're not <laughs> Fat Albert. Hey, hey, hey. You can't start it like that. Like, what do you say? Like, I just went through, like, the whole thing in my head, and I'm like, I don't know. If I just don't think and just do it, whatever comes out is what comes out. So apparently that's what I say every time. I don't know. <laughs> you just don't think about it. That sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just going to open my mouth and whatever comes out. Yeah, that's that's what works. That's how we stay pretty okay around here. You're not wrong. <laughs> I just start talking. That's funny. Oh, we have an interesting show for you today, for sure. Um going to spend a lot of time on Jason's favorite segment. Games played? What, what? We don't, we don't say that. We don't. No. We don't All right. Do I'll, hang my, I'll hang my head in shame. Do, do it. <laughs> you better be. I can't see you, but I hope that's what you're doing. I did. I did. <laughs> Excellent. I actually have some notes for tonight's podcast, which probably means it's going to be terrible. Because like I was saying earlier, I just open my mouth and talk and we just go with it. And now that I've got like planned out things to say, yikes, that's never good. Yeah, it's it's probably going to go downhill from here. So let's just enjoy the ride right now. Yeah. Well, let's start with something that is fairly normal and let's talk about news. Um, so Kickstarter is kind of starting to like pick up. I have been finding lots more things on Kickstarter. It's not just dice and uh, card games and like 5e models for RPGs. Like there's actually games out there. Um, and one of the games that is out there that I don't know how I miss seeing this on Kickstarter, probably because I don't follow, you know, the board game industry at all uh, is um, City of Crowns, and that is the newest expansion for Paladins of the West Kingdom. Um, so, Paladins West Kingdom. If you're not familiar with that game, um, Shem Phillips. It's a Garf by uh, from Garfield Games. How do you like that? I knew both Good the job. designer yeah. and um, the company. That's amazing. We probably need to just stop right here. Let's just stop. I know nothing else. All I know is Garfield Games and Shim Phillips. There you go. Um, but City of Crowns. So Palace of the West Kingdom is like kind of like a, it's not, you don't build the bag, but you pull from the bag to get your workers. And then you've got different types of workers that go out and do different things in your city. I mean. Yeah. So there's a game called Orleans. <laughs> I think it's, it's what it's like. Yeah, very much like Orléans, but um, much better looking. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But the it, art is better for sure. It has been rumored that we like ugly games. So, of course, we're going to like Orléans better because it is but ugly compared to anything that comes from Jean Phillips. Like, ridiculously <laughs> better looking. I really like the art style on these games, actually. That's something um, I've played. We've played Paladins. I mean, I played Paladins, Architects, and... Um, we had Raiders for a while. And Raiders in the Sea. Um and and they were fine. That's the problem. I love the way they look, and but the way they play is just uh, it's okay. But this is going to expand on um, paladins, where you've got like an extra little insert to your player board. Um, 
So there's a new way to a couple of new actions that you can do. Um, there's new actions on the main board also to kind of facilitate those new actions that you can do off your board. You've got more townsfolk, more outsiders. There's like this new diplomacy kind of attribute that you now have that you can manage. Um, again, more of all the cards that you use in it. And there's also updated rules for solo play with an added difficulty level. So if you are a solo gamer and you like these kinds of games, that sounds really cool um, to come with this. So that's that's pretty awesome. Um, so if you like Palin's West Kingdom, Shem Phillips, Garfield Games, any of that, check this out. There's six days left in the Kickstarter. Um, and the expansion is $28. And they mentioned, I was looking at their, at their um, Kickstarter page. They said, look, there's not going to be anything different, really, um, as far as Kickstarter exclusives to this game. You can always wait and buy this at a retailer. Like, whatever works for you, go for it. Which I really appreciate because there's all this FOMO BS. There's a lot of acronyms right there. Um, kind of in the board game industry. And I'm glad that someone's like, look, you know, you, you can get it at a retailer eventually. So like, don't think you have to buy into this Kickstarter. I'm like, thank you for your honesty. I want to back this just for that. So what's the $52? Did you say that? No, I didn't. So the, the, what I thought was also interesting is there's a, a higher level pledge where they, they have a special like collector's edition box. That is a box that will fit both um, the base game and the expansions. Does it come with the base game? No, or is it you have just, to pay more for that. It's just a box and the single expansion. Um, let me make sure it's just the single expansion. But I think, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I was just wondering, because that's all there was two prices I didn't understand. So that's cool. Yeah, it's the, just the City of Crowns and the Paladins Collector, Collector's Box. And that's um, about 50 bucks our currency um if you want and you don't have like the base games you, for about 243 dollars you can get the city of crowns expansion the paladins collector box paladins itself architects age of artisans viscounts tomisaga and 50 metal coins wow that's insane <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, really? Like, if you had, if you have been interested in thinking about buying this game, like, that's actually a pretty good deal to get all of that, like, at once. Yeah, no, I totally agree. That's just a lot of stuff. It is, it is, but it's also $243 or so, which <laughs> we will never pay for a game. That's like, that's like six times out of my budget. <laughs> right. Like, we would be buying, you know, like eight games <laughs> for that same price, at least. Yeah, you're not wrong. So, yeah, definitely, if you like those games, check that out. Kickstarter, again, six days left on City of Crowns, and just the expansion is 28 bucks. Um, another game that I saw that was really interesting, it's a game called Theros, and this is by Spielworks, I don't know, GmbH, I don't know what that means. I have no idea. I don't it's know. German. Maybe it means German something. German board game house. I don't, sorry, Germans. Nine. Sorry. Nine. Sorry, our German listeners which there probably are none, but maybe one of you. I was speaking to you. I, I, don't, I don't know German. We like Ramstein here, though. That's cool. I do like Ramstein. Um, <laughs> we're so bad at just throwing out <laughs> random stuff. It probably makes us seem like we're so culturally insensitive. But I like to feel... For me, it's like being a cultural melting pot. Like, I know a little bit and, like, am intrigued by all kinds of different cultures. Um and so I, I'm not an expert on any, but just know a little. Um, so sorry, 
our German, our fellow German people. I don't know. Um, so please, and I'm willing to be wrong. So, well, I mean, within reason, but call me out on this for sure. I bet it means Gambino. It does not mean Gambino. <laughs> Donnie Glover. <laughs> I don't know. Clearly, I don't know. Yeah, it's clear you don't. Anyway, but Spielworks made this game that the idea is you're on like this planet. It's like a steampunk kind of universe. And you need to, you're like part of like this steam guild. So everybody's like a steam guild. And you're going to exploit, do further exploitation of this planet, Theros. And so you're like trying to go and like you're using, the cool thing is it's, you're using dice as your workers. And so it's, you're, you're doing a dice bag building kind of mechanic, which I'm a big fan of for sure. And so the dice are actually going to be your actions. Um, and then they also like the, the strength that they roll that is the strength of the action. And so I, I really like that. Um, so then you're going to use those. You can play the dice either on like the, the main board or on your own player board. And like the main board is like these 16 kind of region cards. So you're like going in and like working in this, this region. Um, and so it's only, it's four rounds and each round has four turns. So it's pretty quick. And you're, cause you're playing these dice or m- more than one, you're playing a die or malt or dice to take your turn to get your resources. Um, because you're, you're trying to really develop this area, um, to go out and, and, and get this planet. And then also there's like this kind of, I don't, it's not like a government, but this other kind of guild that, at the end of each round, they like come and slap you around. So almost like the faith track, like when Catholics attack, like they come and like slap everybody around, which is a mechanic that Jason really enjoys for some reason, because he's a weirdo. Um, so you can like, Be- no, no, no. It's because it's awesome. Not because I'm a weirdo. It, it seems weird. You're like, Oh, I like when the, gl- the game comes and slaps me around. Yeah. But I don't like it when other players come and slap me around. The yeah. game is fine. <laughs> other players. That's where I draw the line. Okay. Yeah, so you're you're playing dice like on your mat, you're playing them on public buildings, you're building public buildings, you're activating your player cards, um, you're placing them to like use a player card you already have activated, um, and then at the end you're going to then try to defend yourself against this other guild attacking you. So it seems like a really interesting kind of cool game. I don't know that it's I don't think it's space. <laughs> But I mean, it isn't. It says steampunk, so I don't think it's space. But it's another planet, so it's like kind of that ambiguous realm. Um, but there's nine days left on that Kickstarter, so you want to check it out. Um, it's a little pricey. It's seventy-two dollars for the base pledge. Whoa! I'm looking at the pictures of this game now. There's no reason it needs to be seventy-two dollars. Uh, I'm inclined to agree with you, and while it does intrigue me, I, not for seventy-two dollars, especially when you don't even have a main board and. The main board yeah. is the re- the card region. Yikes. Okay. But if that's your jam and you got money to burn, have at it. Well, and the art looks great on it. So they probably actually paid extra for the art. So that's... <laughs> it's probably E&O tool. That's why we're out. It's because we like games that are ugly because they're cheap. Because we're cheap. It's probably E&O tool and Eagle Griffin secretly that we just don't know about. <laughs> we just don't know yet. Fantasy Flight's probably in there somewhere too. Oh, man. Oh, no, now I got to bleep that because I never mentioned them on the podcast. I know. You can't mention them. Like, oh. I'm surprised they, they wouldn't charge us royalties for that. Like, that's ridiculous. Well, it's not Gene Simmons. Oh, now I got to bleep that. <laughs> Don't get me started on Fantasy Flight. 
<laughs> I have one more piece of news that is not from Fantasy Flight Games. Um, it is from Ludus Magnus Studio. Ludus LMS Light. What? Are you speaking German? No! LMS Light. That's the, the company that is making this game. And the game is called Chamber of Wonders. Um, I... I was trying to think if this is the one that was designed by some people, that the guy who had done Potion Explosion. Yeah, this is the Potion Explosion guy. At least that's what you told me in the car. <laughs> I read it right on the Kickstarter before, so that's yeah. why. Yes, yes. He did Potion Explosion, um, the guy who did like Omega the Game and Gods with a Z. So in this game, you have like these workers, these agents, and they're really cool because like they have pictures printed on like the little fat wooden meeples, which I love you know i do so you get these printed agent meeples and they're gonna go out into london they're gonna use their contacts and you're really collecting stuff to basically put in like your sideshow of freaks and like i mean that in like the best way possible that's why they call it chamber of wonders because it sounds terrible to say freak sideshow um but you are collecting these like really odd um almost even like macabre kinds of things to put in your sideshow um, and to go and collect them. So you're going out and you're going to these different places to kind of get the stuff. You're working contacts. I don't quite understand how the contacts work with your agents, but they do. And then you go to a place to pick up a wonder. And when you get there, you have to play a mini game against your opponents to be able to like get the one a wonder from that area so it kind of is like mario party the board game in some ways which i think is kind of cool so then you set up a chamber of wonders to like amaze you know the aristocracy that come by and there's kind of a set collection mechanic with the wonders that you're collecting and um so you want to get fame and uh so that's which is relating to your points as far as components go it looks stinking amazing like your when you set up your wonders it's like this 3d like thing like shelf almost that's like tilted so you can put them in there and show them off there's like these buildings that pop up um like i mentioned like the 3d printed like round markers and stuff it looks really fun so it's just like a worker placement game um i watched a little bit of a review about it and they were saying it's it's fairly um, lightweight as far as the mechanics of worker placement and set collection. Um, but you are trying to make like really key choices on based on where your opponents are going and what kind of things that you want to collect. So it seems really cool. So Chamber of Wonders, there's 12 days left in this Kickstarter and it's only $43. I like that price. That's good. Only $3 above budget. Right. And like $3 above budget for like good stuff. Like really. And like the artwork is cool. Um, there's just, like, it's it's nice. It's not like, oh, here's the crappy base game that you get. It's full of cardboard stuff. Like, yeah, there's cardboard here, but they're, like, all, like, 3D standing up and wooden meeples and stuff. And it's got, the art style is, like, I don't know. What would you call that? It's, it's definitely cartoony, but it does have, like, a Victorian kind of feel to it. It's just cool. Like, it just looks like a freaking cool game. So that's Chamber of Wonders by LMS Light. Yeah, that's one that I'm interested in. Of all three of the ones you talked about, that one seems the coolest. 
And I have more. That's the thing. So um, if you're like, oh, Katie, you missed this, I will talk about them because there's so many that are coming out. Like I'm trying to pace like, okay, how close is it to being over? You know, there's a root expansion that I want to talk about because everyone talks about that. Everyone's talked about Stardew Valley, like all this stuff. So I'm definitely um, trying to pick up my Kickstarter game because there's a lot of stuff coming out right now. And that's that's exciting. So that's all the news I have for this episode. Okay, so normally right now we would head into games played and we are going to head into games played, but the games that we played this past week, we played probably 14 of them on one day. And that was because we had our kind of our own mini con with our friends over at the board game Rundown, um, who we've talked about on our channel before, Um, Tim and Aberly, not Aberly, Tim, I'll get it right. And Dan and Bob and Spencer, um, they came over to hang out with us off and on throughout um, Saturday. And we played a ton of games at um, Rundown Mechanics Con. (laughs) I like Rundown Mechanics Con because I do think it sounds like we're a bunch of rundown people. And maybe it's just because I'm old, but that seems right. (laughs) I feel run down. Mechanics Rundown Con probably sounds nicer. Um, Whatever you choose to call it. We had a fun little mini con with our friends. And we drove um, about four hours, uh, three and a half, four hours, um, up to some old stomping grounds for me in South Bend to hang out with them. And so it was a nice little road trip for us as a family. Our kids played together. And we played a ton of games. Uh, So in this episode, we're going to discuss all the games we played what we think about them, just kind of letting you know what kind of things we played. Some of them we won't spend a bunch of time on because we talk about them a lot. Um, But a lot of these were new for our board game rundown partners. So um, that was kind of cool to see it through um, a different lens. So if after you listen to our podcast, um, go and watch their um, episode of it's not a podcast what they do. It's a vodcast. That's what I call it, a video podcast. A, I don't know. A vlog. It's not a blog, though. It's like a... A vodcast. It's not a vodcast. That's so stupid. A podvid? Nope. That's dumb, too. <laughs> vodcast sounds better. <laughs> I don't know, but they do this video series um, about board games. So they did one about these games as well. So if you want to see their take on it, check it out. Although it's full of lies. And this is the truth. So, Jason, what's the first game we played? All right. So, the first game we played was bright and early in the morning, 9.30. That was not early for us at all. Well, for a lot of people, that's early. For us, we've been awake for like two hours. So, yeah. <laughs> at least. <laughs> um, so, this is a game that we'd never played before. It's criminally out of print, really hard to find. It was just... And Tim was the first one to show up for the day. So, he c- came with this game. And I played it with Katie and Tim, and this game is called Lords of Vegas. So this is a, an interesting game. It's kind of an area control game where you're building these casinos, and you may, you're may you trying to be the boss of the casino because that's going to give you a lot of points, and you're trying to have the most points at the end of the game. But on someone else's turn, they can come in and try to steal that, that boss ship from you by reorganizing, which means they get to roll the dice, and whatever happens, happens. High number takes takes the boss spot. So 
You're trying to build on new plots. You're trying to grow these casinos. You're trying to reorganize so you can become the boss of the casinos. You're trying to build on the strip because there's piles of money in that. And the core of the game is on your turn, you're going to flip a card. The color of the casino that comes up is the casino that's going to pay out. And what that means is anybody who has that casino is going to get money. And if you're the boss, you're going to get points based on how big the casino is. So you're trying to balance, you know, how many times this casino's hit, how big these casinos are. I'm running this um, casino may be running out of cards that's going to come up to pay out. So I might have to remodel this casino and change its color. It's good. That was probably a terrible explanation, but it's a good game. So what did you think of Lords of Vegas from my terrible explanation? <laughs> um, well, thankfully, I didn't have to learn it from your terrible explanation there, but... <laughs> that's true. You didn't. I liked it because it, it definitely has a push your luck element with the dice rolling, which is something that we enjoy. And I like that it's a different theme. Like, I really like that idea of um, building casinos in Vegas, of like trying to expand your casino, um, of trying to take over and be the boss, of possibly remodeling and renovating it. I think that's really cool. Um, I didn't want to play this for a long time because Tom Vassell would, would go, has gone on and on about it, I think, in a ton of videos. And I, um, Try to just like everything Tom Vassell does for some reason. It's because of the um, vests and the hats, I'm pretty sure. Well, that's part of the reason. Um, and the ties. Yes. I'll, uh, yes. It's it's a crime against fashion, everything he does. But aside from that, so I like have this animosity for no reason about this game. And also, you can't really find it. So I thought, no big deal. And I'm like, oh, well, okay. Now... You can find it if they just had um, like a, I don't, I, I don't know if it's a second edition, um, but it was kind of a deluxe edition that came to Kickstarter that was like whew, pricey, but way cool. And a bunch of people were into that. As we said before, we are cheap, so we would never back a kind of a Kickstarter. So it just has been kind of out of our reach. But playing this, it was really fun. I wish we had a copy. I think... A lot of people, like a lot of our friends, even my family members, I think my brother-in-law who and my sister who love Vegas and stuff, I think they would really like this game. I think it would be really fun. And I'd like to play it more because I think there's a lot of different strategies to take in this. Like, okay, do I try to build on the strip? Do I try to expand my hotel um, and run the risk of, you know, someone coming along and snatching it away from me because... Um, they actually lawfully got the deed and I sprawled onto that land on a hunch. Um, you know, do I re like how often, when should you remodel? Like, should you do that earlier? Um, should I try to trade more? Cause we really didn't do a lot of trading. It just did, it just didn't work out in the gameplay. Um, but yeah, it was really fun. I would really like to own this, but, um, it, it'll have to go probably onto our grail game list <laughs> for now. Yeah. It's a, it's a little, uh, a little out of the budget. Um, but the cool thing about this one was it was a three-way tie for points at the end of the game. And I think it ended up coming down to money and Tim pulled out the win. I, I think Tim won. Yeah. Cause he had a, he did, he had a huge payout like the last round, um, that just ended up winning the game for him. So I think, yeah, I, I, I was sad that I didn't win. <laughs> yeah. It, it was a close one for sure. All right, so then after that game, right when that game ended, Dan showed up. So we were getting, we were going to start some new games. So we Dan. had me, Katie, Tim, and Dan. <laughs> and uh, the game that we decided to play was one we played a lot, but they'd never played. And it was called Dogs of War. 
and we've talked about this before. It's a Simon game. It's kind of like a, a tug of war where you're putting your backing on one of the sides of these three little battles that are out in the map. Get some getting some rewards from where you place your worker, trying to win the favor to your side of the battle, so you can move up these flags to make the shields that you're collecting worth points. It's effectively a set collection tug of war game with really nice production and some really interesting like negotiation and card play. So, I mean, I still like this game. Um, I think I like it every time I play it. I like four players. What did you think about playing this with Tim and Dan who'd never played it before? Um, I want to preface this by saying now that I've actually met Dan in person, I will make fun of him even more than I did before. Um, Because I just feel like now that I know you, I have even greater license to make fun of you. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But I'm always terrible at this game, but it always has like kind of a fun group element because there is a lot of interaction with it. So it's a lot of, okay, do you think you could make this work here? And do you think this could work here? And since Dan showed up as the first game that sucked because he was losing. um, (laughs) (laughs) Every game, every game sucked except for the last one we'll talk about. Yeah. Um, but I think the interesting thing is in more thematic terms, like we, I specifically picked this game because it has miniatures and it has like direct comp kind of combat and conflict, which the board game rundown does more games like that. So I was hoping it would go over better. Now, maybe if it had explained in a thematic way, which Jason doesn't do like ever, unless i like harass him repeatedly um (laughs) until he looks it up what things are actually called in the rule book it might have gone what are you talking about you go to the place you get the thing that is how the game plays you come up with your own theme uh no there is an actual theme it's called dogs of war you are a dog of war which means that you are someone kind of not fighting in the war but you're only about making money off of the battle you're a bureaucrat sending the poor people out to fight your battles yes that's what it is yeah, but you didn't say any of that. Because I don't care about that. I just want to play the game. <laughs> I know. And the thing that kills me is always, always the like shield color that I'm given at the beginning that's supposed to be like kind of my favorite color. And I already started off with two, so I want to make do do well with it. It is the worst color. Everybody else seems to hate it. It's always against like some of the strongest um, like strategic people's color. And so I always lose all those battles. Like it never fails. It just doesn't break in my favor. Um, this, I played this so, so terribly, like so bad. Um, the worst I've probably ever played this game, but I still, I still had a good time playing it. Like I thought it was still fun. Let's talk about who won. It was me. Boom. I didn't even remember that was so unimportant. Oh, you're such a jerk. (laughs) So the next game we played after that (laughs) is a game from one of my favorite mechanics, which is, um, deck building. And so this is like a deck builder worker placement game we've talked about before called Don't Turn Your Back. So it's got weird theme. Yes, the artwork is hideous. Like there's no doubt about that. Um, but it is like a really interesting kind of game. Um, I think it takes a couple plays, I think, for people to get into just because um, you're trying to decide what the best way is to kind of block people out of certain spots and you're trying to see where are people getting the most points. Um, and then you've got the whole wax kingdom element where cards are getting buried for points at the end. And, um, you really don't know how it's going to shake out if you're not paying careful attention to that. And there's a lot of other stuff going on, especially in like, um, 
District 13, which is like a new law, like a new event kind of card comes out every round. So you're kind of looking at that. Um, so I, I like this game a lot. I think I don't I don't know if I won this or not. It was either you or Tim. I, I, don't I was know definitely sure. competitive in it. Maybe Tim won this one, um, which I normally am not quite that competitive <laughs> in this game. But I, I really enjoy it. But I think the more I play it, the more I enjoy it because some of the oddness wears off. And then you can really focus on, okay, what cards do I want to maybe buy and draft? They're going to help me um, do better with what's out on the board. So what do you think? Yeah, I still like this game. I've played it a lot. I've played it a couple times at two, which I don't recommend because it's not as fun. There's just less spaces. There's less people like messing you over and stuff. It's just not as fun. But yeah, this game is great. It's multi-use cards. You're using your cards as your workers. You're also using the cards to purchase other cards from your own personal supply, which is really cool. Uh, Yes, it's ugly. But in my opinion, just because a game is ugly doesn't necessarily mean that it's not great. I've played some good-looking games that are not very good. So, you know, just because this one doesn't look good doesn't mean you shouldn't give it a shot because the gameplay is going to make up for how terrible it looks. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it was the best deck builder we played. Well, that's that's true. We'll get to that one in a, a little <laughs> bit here. So then after we played Don't Turn Your Back, we pulled out a game by Palomore. Ha, I know the designer of this one. Um, I, I don't know the publisher off the top of my head uh, i don't either i'm trying to look for it Woo-hoo! okay it's not just me so um but the game is libertalia and uh, it has always ranked high on my top 100 because i like pirates and i like simultaneous action selection where you're trying to kind of outthink your opponents um so in libertalia which it is an older game for sure and so it's kind of been talked about in gaming circles for a long time um you everyone has the same deck of cards at the beginning of each round six of those cards are drawn and they have different numbers on them um and then they also have each each character that's in this deck has a different power and so everyone's um has the same hand of cards you will draw one out um and keep it secret then everyone reveals they are organized from the high number to low number um and there are actions that happen first which are daytime actions and they go from high to low then everyone gets to pick some booty which is the best part of being a pirate and that goes from low to high and then you take your crew back they go and kind of have a little snooze um below deck and then nighttime actions happen and then at the end of a round, you have these anchor actions. Um, and so each each different character does different things. And so you choose when to play them. You won't be able to play all your characters each round. So some characters carry over. So you're while we all have the same cards, we may we're going to play them at different times. Unless you're Tim and I, who kept playing the same card over and over again uh, together. Uh, so you're thinking, okay, I want to maybe save this power for later. Because it's going to affect something and other people have played theirs out. So I know I want to hold on to this. Or sometimes you get more points because um, if you're the only one to have a card in your possession. And then there are ways to like kill off cards and um, ways to get negative points and ways to move around negative points for bad treasure. Um, So I really enjoy it. I don't know that everyone else did, but Jason might be able to explain why. Yeah, so uh, the teacher of this game, no names are going to be mentioned. Jason. Um, left out 
No, I said no names were being mentioned. Oh, I just thought you weren't mentioning them. (laughs) (laughs) Left out a critical rule, which everything you earn in the basically the first round of the game, which is the first six turns, goes away. You basically play three games. So there's six turns, which is effectively like a a full round. Six days, and on the seventh day you rest, and you do it again twice. So you're playing 18 days, resting on three. I failed to mention that on the seventh day, all the tokens that you've collected from the booty go away. All your points go away, and they actually get put onto the scoreboard so you can just track it. So because of that, Dan was collecting some sets, and he didn't quite make it to the set that he needed, and he lost a bunch of points. And he ended the first round with four points, which is pretty funny. But <laughs> it's it's my fault that that happened. So... It might have skewed the opinion of the game maybe a tad bit because my explanation was not great. So I'll own that one. He also whined about it like continuously so that well, didn't help true. me feel yes. bad for him. But, you know. Yeah, I don't I don't mind the whining. But the reason for the whining is my <laughs> fault. So I'll, I'll fess up and I'll own that one. I'm so proud of you, honey. <laughs> I mean, not that you couldn't have figured it out before that, I guess. But <laughs> The mystery is revealed. <laughs> Like, I-, I was doing really well, like, the first round. Like, I cleaned up, man. But it was probably because I knew the rules in the game. That's true. <laughs> no, what else? We did, did have an advantage. But I-, I did fairly well the second round. And then things started getting kind of tricky. And some people were being mean. And so when I- even though I wasn't going to win, I still, on the last turn, may have killed one of Bob's crew members that would have given him 11 points. But that was because he had killed one of my crew members previously, which, while, it, you know, it, at the time, it was also an 11-point crew member. Or was that you that killed that 11-point crew member? Uh, I don't remember. I don't honestly. know. But when I play games, I'm out for vengeance, whether I win or not. If, if you hit me once, I'm going to hit you back twice as hard. Like, that's how we roll in my world. So I got a little mobster, and I don't think they were expecting that. But I did not, I did not win this game. Yeah, that last round was rough, too, because there was only, like, one booty tile every single time because people kept playing the preacher card. So it got rid of... There's normally one booty tile for every player, so everybody can get something. But when you play this preacher card, it wipes out all the booty tiles except for one. So then, basically, whoever played the lowest number is getting a booty tile. And usually he's the lowest because the preacher's, like, a six or something. Right, yes. So he wipes out everybody's and then takes the the tile and runs Which is what happened. I saved my preacher for that very last hand. Yeah, and it was terrible. I wiped everything out but a sword. And then I used it to kill Bob's <laughs> crew member out of spite. I did that. I confess. I did that That's and funny. it felt really good and it still feels good days later. I mean, yeah, it's funny. I mean, you're a pirate. You got to kill people. That's right. Just because there's a code, they're more like guidelines. Um, so there's always nice, like, piratey thing. I, I enjoy the game a lot. I always enjoy that game. Um, but I know it's not for everyone. And that's okay. That's okay. Yeah, which I'm surprised. I figured they would like that because there's a lot more like getting in people's faces on that because of that sword and that Spanish officer guy that kills people's characters. You can stick them with that. And the mask that you can pass back and forth for negative three points. I figured they would dig that. But probably, be, again, bad explanation. So. Well, and I don't, I don't know if I've ever played it with five. Uh, no, I think the most I've ever played it at is four. And, and I feel like, I don't know if that was, like, distracting, because there's, again, you're simultaneously choosing your action, and then, like, a lot is just kind of happening at once sometimes. So you're like, oh, maybe I missed you passing stuff. Whereas in a smaller player game, like, you're passing those masks like hot potatoes, um, because there's less people to, like, distribute them um, among, maybe? 
I don't know. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It was fine. I still like it. And it's hard to find now, so um, I guess if you are one of those people that likes to have, like, rare games or out-of-print games, um, that is one that we do have. <laughs> yep. All right, so the next game we played is a game we've talked about... Ad nauseum, so, I'm So sure. many times. So many times. And it is Quacks of Quedlinburg with the expansion because we were playing at five, and you got to have the expansion to play five. Herb Witches. Yeah, so we're not going to beat this into the ground. It's a... Pull your push your luck bag pulling game where you're pulling chits out of your bag, trying to get it into your pot to get as far around as your pot as you can without exploding, meaning getting too many of the white chips. Each chip has a special power. They're going to help you move further in your pot, just so on and so forth. When you're playing with the witches, you're going to have a one-time ability for each of the witches throughout the game that you can use to help you, to score you more points, get you more stuff that you can buy and all that type of stuff. Great game. It's great at all player counts. Two, three, four, five, doesn't matter. Amazing game. And we got to play it with those fancy jazzed up bits because it wasn't our copy, of course. <laughs> right, because we'd never spend the money yeah. on that. Bob did. <laughs> Bob had all the nice bits and some nice 3D printed boxes. Did you like those bits? Of course I like those bits. I've been trying to get you to buy them forever. But you're like, that's cost a whole other game. And I'm like, but we played this game so much. It's worth it. But you... I was hoping you'd say, no, I hated those bits. They were so unnecessary Seriously? that's what i was hoping but but it's me like you know who you're talking to like you know i would never say that i'd be like can we get them even like bedazzled like is there an upgrade to this upgrade <laughs> the 70 dollar bits aren't enough you want like the 140 dollar bits <laughs> with real bits of diamond exactly that's how you know they're good <laughs> um yeah the thing is like i have never met someone who doesn't like this game and dan like I mean, he's a total whiner anyway, as you see this theme running. Um, probably because he hasn't won any of these games up to this point, which is why he was a big whiner. <laughs> but he's like... That's true. That's true. He's like, I have the worst luck of everyone. And I'm like, seriously, dude? If you ever play... He, be- he should play an RPG. Pretty sure he beat me. Right. He should play an RPG game with me where I roll ones continually. Um, yes, you had way worse luck than him, which he was constantly complaining about you have so much worse luck than him um jason didn't score any points for like six out of the ten rounds which <laughs> yeah, is not an ideal bad. strategy uh don't no. do that yeah I, I i do it on purpose for a while but then i was trying to get points and i just couldn't do it <laughs> and i was actually like neck and neck there for the win and then um bob and tim both busted on the last round and i decided i would stop so that i could win and it felt so good <laughs> Because I never win quacks. Because usually I pull Jason. I'm like, eh, I'll just bust. Eh, I'll just bust. But I practice some self-control, which is unusual for me. I did get 15 rat tails at that one point, though. That was pretty awesome. That was a little <laughs> excessive. And, it's, and I, still didn't, you, I still didn't get a roll to die because I busted. <laughs> you have no one to blame but yourself at that point. <laughs> That's true. But yeah, it's always a good time. So it was fun. And most of us enjoyed it, enjoyed it except for... Baby Dan. <laughs> baby, da- baby Dan. Baby Dan. Uh, the next game, though, I think you did enjoy. At least that's what the rumor that I've heard. Rumor has it. And this game is an older game kind of as well. And it is from Upper Deck. Which is weird. <laughs> which is weird. They also do Marvel Legendary, though. So, you know. That's true. They sneak in there they, sometimes. They have a couple good ones. And this one's called Bring Out Your Dead. And this is a a really weird area control game and simultaneous action selection where you're playing these cards that are going to basically determine when and what 
co- what size coffin, either a one coffin or a two coffin, you're going to put on this cart that's then going to be taken to the graveyard so you can bury these coffins into a plot. And you're trying to get area majority in certain different plots because they're going to give you extra points. There's a couple plots that are negative points if you had the most in there, so you're trying to stay away from those. There's some mass graves that are going to give you some treasure cards for set collection and then some other cards that are like special action powers that have higher numbers that fire off first. So it kind of does that, you know, um, Mission Red Planet where you start counting down at like 11. If you have that card, you get to play it in turn order or so on and so forth till you get down to one. Um, so yeah, this has a weird theme. You can throw coffins in the river if there's no room on the cart. Um, you can move other people's coffins out of graves and put them in less valuable graves because that's what you do, I guess. This is a great mm-hmm. time. It was fun playing at five, which I think is the max player count. The more people you can get on this game, the better. It's so good, so good. And I think Dan did like this one. I'm yeah, pretty sure. It's like, and the thing about this is people, we've brought this out to several different types of groups. Like this is like probably the most gamerly group we brought this game out to. Um, and the theme, the kooky theme just really wins over people. And you, like, it's the little coffins that you have are really cool. Um, and the fact that if the cart's full and you throw them in the river and, you know, every so often someone says, bring out your dead. Like you have to quote the money Python skit. Like you just, um, there's just a lot of like fun things. And there's, it's little take, it can be a little take that with moving coffins around and, um, you know, ditching people's coffins and giving your coffins to other people um and trying to do like set collection but there's other ways to mitigate the area control which is why i don't hate this game um because i'm terrible normally at area control i did fairly well i i I think you won i think i won um and what won it for me was not necessarily a bunch of area control where i controlled the most in certain areas but i had um two cards they were the same um like end of round condition and i got i think two points per um like coffin that i had in like a grave area where i had the most coffins or something yeah something like that i can't remember it was a whole pile of points though, it, it was a lot card. of it was a lot of points for just those couple of cards and i think that really sealed it for me because i i normally like that's how i have to play area control because i just can't like go and take over an area and maintain control. Like, I just can't do it. I don't know why my brain just cannot handle it. (laughs) So I had to win a different way. And so it was fun. I think everyone enjoyed it. And again, it's like that funny, quirky theme. Um, And just a a pretty simple game. I don't know. Is this one hard to find? I haven't, like, tried to look for it lately. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. We have it, so I don't ever look for it either. But I I know for a while people were, like, crapping all over it because they thought the like rule book was not great which yes it's missing some stuff but the gameplay is so good once you figure it out that as long as somebody knows how to play it you're good to go yeah i I don't know if you can find it you should definitely find it though because it's really good yeah i think it it appeals to a lot of different like it's not complex by any means um and it's a fun so it's like 61 dollars on amazon which is outrageous but someone is selling a very good copy on the geek market for twelve dollars snatch it up it's worth it It like tell them you'll give them fifteen dollars like shipping included and then if they say yes you got a game for 15 bucks well there's an eight dollar one that says like new boom there you go but it was posted a year ago so maybe it's not still out there but yeah there's some good deals on geek market man yeah, go for it. 
right. Our next game is a game that I love. I talked about on the podcast last week, but evidently the people we played with didn't listen to the podcast because they would have known where to get this game, how awesome and cheap it is, because they also fell in love with it too. And that game is the Shipwreck Arcana. We've talked about this before. Um, really quick, um, like small box, which you know I love. Small box, good game. Deduction, like logic game where you're working together um, on your turn. Everyone draws two tiles out of this bag that contains um, tiles with numbers one to seven, three of each. You're going to uh, put one down. That's your number for the round. It's secret. And then you're going to use the other tile that you have and these um, fake cards that are out there that have clues on them to try and get your teammates to guess the number that you have. Um, and so you're laying your, your tile out on, oh, okay, the sum of my two numbers is even. So you've got also these other tiles in your own color that are kind of your number line that you can, you, um, everyone can use to help like remember, okay, what can we eliminate? What's still a possibility? Um, that sort of thing. And so you're trying to race around this track um, by getting right answers um, before you get too many wrong ones or too many of your fates fade. Um, and then the doom marker makes it around before you. I would have loved to play this game more than once because it is so fun. It, it, it went really quick. Um, but Jason is like a freaking taskmaster at a game at a game day. So you guys, <laughs> I should have warned you ahead of time. He will like plow through games. We don't hesitate to pick a next game. We keep moving. We get too many people. You split up. He's got a game ready to go. Like we do not play a game twice. We don't play the same game multiple times. We don't waste our time with party games. Like he has all these crazy things about a game day that make it sometimes not fun. And he doesn't feel the crowd. And we should have played this again. So I'm apologize on behalf of Jason for that because it was so fun. And Bob was awesome. Like I'm pretty good at like, like talking out the, the fates to say, okay, what this card really means is this. So we're looking and like Bob's logic was like dead on. And so he'd like say something. I'm like, Ooh, yeah. Well, what about this? And like, I'd say, what about this? He's like, Oh yeah. Cause this, if, if it were this, it would be this. And we would like, ah, it was awesome. I only want to play this game with Bob now. Like Bob, you have spoiled me. <laughs> for someone to play Shipwreck Arcana with because you get the logic, you're weighing the options, you're eliminating stuff. Like we were getting right answers left and right. It was awesome. Yeah, this is a great game. Um, it works at all player counts too. I think I've played it at two. I know I've played it at three and four and now five. But if I haven't played it at two, I'm sure it's fine. Uh, it's, it's a great game. Yeah, I can't remember if we played it at two. We, we might have played it by ourselves. I can't remember. I know we've done three, four, and five, yes. but I'm just not sure about two. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, it was really, it, yeah, it does scale really well. The artwork is really pretty, and it's a little box, like I said. Like, this is a, a great one to take, like, stick in your purse, back pocket even, coat pocket. And if you're waiting at a restaurant or something, like, to pull us out and play, like, it's super, it's it's deceptively simple. Like you draw two on your turn, you put one down, you place one on on a card. But the thinking behind it um, is like intense, and I really like that. So I I had a really good time playing this, as I always do, and I think everybody else did too. Yeah, I think so. So I added one to the list that you can talk about next, and I'm not sure if it was the next game we played, but that's where we're going to talk about it. Oh, okay. We pulled out an oldie. 
an oldie. Like this is one of our, an early game for us. And our friends, the board game rundown talk about like detective club, like it's paying their bills. Um, but it's, its predecessor is Dixit, and most people say, oh, Detective Club is like Dixit. Mysterium is like Dixit. Um, and that's that's because Dixit was like kind of the OG as far as the kind of game where you're looking at pictures and um, making phrases and kind of guessing. What killed me is that the scoring and the basic premise of the game is like Balderdash um, or Beyond Balderdash, which is an ancient... <laughs> board game and none of them had played it i can't believe none of them have played balderdash like it's it's a really fun game i grew up playing that as like a kid and a teenager um i mean let's not throw around the term really fun i mean <laughs> it's because you don't like games like this at all where like it's a group and you're like reading the group of people like that's just not you you're not you're not good at that um but we have so we have the base six game and then we have the revelation yeah revelation revelation expansion which the artwork like the base game cards are really ugly like there's a lot of orange happening in there because you know we like cheap ugly games um it's still a fine game to play, but the Revelation cards are really gorgeous. Like, the art style is one of my favorites. There's a lot of, like, mythology kind of references in the cards, and several of the cards have gold foil added on them, so they just have this this really um, beautiful aesthetic. Like, I don't know that I really want to play Dixit that much, like, ever. <laughs> I would love to take some of those Revelation cards and frame them as artwork, because they just are really stunning and thought-provoking and interesting. And um, I lost terribly, terribly at this game. So, so terribly. Um, but we wanted to give them a chance to finally play the game that they play all the other games <laughs> that everyone says, oh, it's like Dixit. And they're like, well, we never played Dixit. So that was Dixit. We played that one. Yeah, this game's fine. Yeah, it was fine. I would rather play Detective Club, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd rather play Detective Club or Mysterium or any of the other games that are like this. But as is often the case with board games, you know, taking like a really good basic concept and then elevating it is kind of what happens a lot in the industry. And so the the kind of successors to Dixit, I think, have done it better. Yeah, and I will say not having played this game for, I don't know, a year or so, did make me like it a little more. Just because, you know, absence make the heart grow fonder or whatever. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah. All right. So moving on from one old game to an even older game, I think. It's hard to tell because it looks like it's so old. <laughs> I don't think it's that old. I think it's like 2014 <laughs> or something. Dix is older than yeah, that. That could be. Uh, but we played Homestretch. Um, Dan had played this before, I believe. But Bob and Tim had not. So we wanted to have them experience some of the gloriousness that is Homestretch. And the gambling and the betting and just the riotous good time that this game is. <laughs> We've talked about this game so many times. It's a roll and move game. You're rolling some dice. You're trying to move that horse. Um, either one, two, or zero spaces. You're betting on which horse you think is going to get first, second, and third. And trying to end the game with the most money. You're also going to have some um, drafting where you're going to be drafting some shares of horses. That's going to give you some additional money if that horse would win, get second or third. It's a really simple game, man. It's so much fun to start cheering those horses on at the end. And when someone wants a horse to win and you roll that number, you just pass so the horse doesn't move at all. 
Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Yeah, so um, I know Bob liked it because I think he went out and bought a copy, he, even though it seemed it seemed like he hated it the whole entire I time. I know. I was like, does Bob even like this game? Like, I don't know. I feel like he's kind of not into it. He's like, oh, yeah, I bought it. <laughs> and I thought, <laughs> oh, that's weird. And apparently, like, Dan's wife really wants to play this, too, which is cool. Like, it is, like, just a little silly roll and move game, but you can get a lot of people involved in it. Um and you can get as ridiculous as you want with it. Um, Dan, like, totally won this game. Like, smoked us. I managed to kind of close the gap a little bit towards the end. But he was just, like, had every one of his bets pay out just the right way in the first round. And I had already, I had spent a ton of money on my horses. So I, like, started way behind. Um, and he just, he just couldn't be caught. He didn't have enough really bad races um yeah i don't know what happened i left the room for a minute i came back and dan had like three thousand points like i don't know what happened it was weird uh, yeah i i don't know either i didn't want it to happen but he stopped <laughs> nobody ever does but he stopped crying for about five minutes so i let him have it like okay <laughs> no no let's 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 refrain he said the game sucked starting at round two because round <laughs> one he was dominating right I think he had double our score at round one. And then we were trying to like shrink the gap as the game went on. Yeah, that's true. But home stretch is always a good time. Um, and then next is like, I went to get food because our, you know, our children were starving. And I thought someone needs to nourish these fools that <laughs> would sit here and probably play games till they wasted away. Um, and so. I mean, that would take a whole lot of gaming. <laughs> a whole lot of gaming. <laughs> <Fine>. <laughs> That's unfair to except, Tim. Yeah, except for Tim. I was going to say, except T- for Tim. Tim might waste away, and, you know, I, I would definitely not. Um, <laughs> but I didn't get to play, like, a deck builder I really love. But my love for this obviously pales in comparison to Jason and is way outshone by Bob's <sighs> enthusiasm. And that is Into the oh, Echo yeah. Side, the ICP deck building game. Oh, man. It was so good. Yeah, you were getting food, but you came in. You got to experience some of it for, like, the last, like, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes. And, yeah, Bob, man, he loves ICP, apparently. He's gone to Juggalo shows, clown shows. I think, like, when he goes home, he puts makeup on and just walks around his house. Like, it's it, he's in pretty deep, guys. It's He, he might need some help. I bet he has a, a Hatchet Man tattoo. Like, I didn't ask, but I'm sure <laughs> he has one somewhere. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know. But, like, his... His juggalo roots like really kind of blew me away. Like I'm still shaking my head about it. Like I just, um, wow. I mean, I like ICP too, but I had like a shirt and some records or well albums. Records. Oh my gosh, yeah. old man. The albums. But Bob, man, he was like you know living the life. He was getting sprayed with fago. Yeah. Like he's in there. He's in there doing it. So, <laughs> so we, were, we we were playing this game. Bob was playing ICP. Dan was being Dan. Um, Dan t- was winning is what is crazy. That's true. He was dominating. Like, he wasn't just winning. He was crushing us. I think I think yeah. it was because you and Bob were, like, off in, like, Lala nostalgia land. So, like, you <laughs> couldn't could engage. Be. I think Tim was like, I don't know what to make of these clowns. <laughs> and I wasn't playing. So, just like, oh, jeez. Here we go. Like, I just, I don't tell you. Um, but the ICP deck building game, again, your basic deck builder, um, you s- have a starter hand, you're going to buy um, 
cards from a, like a common market using karma. Yes. And um, then you're going to build up to kind of put an engine together so that you can get better cards. You can get flavor cards that just help you out a little bit um, and get enough karma that you can buy some of the epic cards, which are going to give you a lot of points. And then they're, they're triggering kind of the end of the game. Um, so a lot of ICP nostalgia. Apparently, rumor has it, Adele, said that this game is in stock on the ICP website. What? Yeah, the website is Psychopathic Merch. Of course you know the website. Well, I looked it up because I was trying to find it to see if it was actually in stock. And the first website I went to didn't have it. So then I did some Googling around and I found it. Um, and it's it's pretty rare to find this game in the wild. But apparently it's out there. Um, we're still looking for the expansion. There was discussion of... of ways of bartering and such to get said expansion <laughs> i won't go into that but this is a family show <laughs> it's a, this is a family show but if you're out there clowns and you've got a copy come see me we'll work it out yeah and even though dan was dominating he still didn't win by too many points he only won by two or three points by the end of the game because like i've mentioned before you can get most of those epic cards, but you can also win by just getting a bunch of regular cards, too. So, yeah, while it seems like someone's running away, there's still a chance you could come back and win. Right, and I think that's really the beauty of this game. Like, I don't give two farts about the ICP game, like, at all. Like, I don't care about What? IC- what? No, not the game, but I don't care about ICP. You know this. You know my background with the clowns, okay? So, I don't really like ICP that much at all. Hardly. Uh, but this game is really well done. Um, the cards, the way the synergy between them is really, really good. And they have this really good mechanic where if you get three cards of a certain kind of, what do they call that? Not affiliation. Crew. Crew. Uh, a certain kind of crew. Then you get like this special bonus on top of what the cards do. And then like there's also cards that allow you to roll a die that can give you other things. And then there's these like extra cards that are like flavor cards that are like a one-time use on your turn and they go back to this deck. But you can have cards that pull those out. Like there's just a lot of really good stuff happening in this game as far as deck building mechanics go um, that I'm willing to overlook things like super balls and vanilla ice what you never overlook vanilla ice come on please please stop he never came out in our game and neither did guar that was sad Mm, darn it yeah so yeah great game now that it's in stock you need to rush out and get it because man (laughs) it's one of the greatest games of all time much beloved by all apparently all right (laughs) moving on um so after that, Bob left. He couldn't have that much. Nothing could top the ICP game, so he just had to leave. He was, like, jazzed up on Fago and <laughs> Juggalo tunes, and he had to go home. Yeah, so then Spencer came, and he closed out the night with us. So it was me, Katie, Spencer, Tim, and Dan. And Katie and me and Tim and Dan were getting ready to play this game, but then Spencer came in, so Katie bowed out, and she was going to be the banker or manage the dice. Because I'm a good hostess. Like, I know how to be a good hostess. That's true. I'm not. You're not. And uh, we played Rajas of the Ganges. So this is a game that none of them have played before. So I taught it. I actually ended up teaching it twice because I got through the whole teach (laughs) first time. 
And then Spencer showed up and I gave like a, a Reader's Digest teach. Poor Spencer. Probably didn't help. No. Yeah. But I did do a, a good full teach before that. It was just he got the brunt of a not so good teach. Um, so this is a dice a worker placement game where you're using dice as resources and you're trying to just earn a bunch of money and get a bunch of prestige so your scoring tracks will cross. Whoever does that first is the winner. You're going to be moving up a boat. You're going to be collecting dice and spending dice and getting these buildings that you're going to put on your player board to convert resources into money to score points based on certain castles. It's really good. It actually looks good. I don't know what Dan was saying when he said it didn't look good on the table. We'll have to talk about that later. Because he's used to ugly, like, black, a a board of all black because it's space, or a board of all tan because it's sand like Dune. Give me a break. That's true. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe... He's, he looks at space too much. That could be the problem. But yes, uh, I dominated on this. It wasn't even close. Tim started trying to make it competitive at the end, but it was too late. Um, good game. I think everybody liked it for the most part. It was It's a tight economic game, so there was some grumbling about that. But it was just Dan, so who knows? <laughs> He 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 was definitely he was like on this high from winning the last game, and then he just couldn't couldn't translate it. So. <laughs> And and I will agree what he said. It is a tight game. Like, I don't think it's that tight. But don't agree with Dan. Listen, I, I'm, let me finish. It it's tight in that there are limited spaces to where you can go, and you're not going to be able to go and gross like four or five die in one turn. You got to get really creative. Um, but that being said, that's what I really like about this game that. It's like, okay, I want to kind of do this plan. And when I can't, it's like, okay, how do I make the best out of what I've got? And that's really how I think I approach a lot of games is I can have a great plan, but when you're playing with other people, they can screw you over and and your plan goes out the window. And so if you're not able to be flexible and try to say, okay, well, what do I've got now? What's the best move with this? Like, I love that challenge. Like, that's really puzzly. That forces me to think better. That forces me to innovate. Um, and, and I think that that's really, for me, one of the exciting parts of playing games. Um, I know for some people that's not, they like to be able to plan a really good program and then just, just execute it. And I think, I think this is like a lot of magic players, a lot of TCG players are like that because they will craft a deck that they know how to run and that it will go according to this plan and they will run it this certain way. I hate that. I only want to play a TCG where I get handed a random deck and I just have to do the best I can with it. And we all have like that equal chance. Um, So I think it's just a different approach to gaming. It's not like better or worse. Although I do think they're wrong. Rogers is an awesome game. But I think I think we played it kind of later. And it was, you know, kind of let's like, let's jump in last minute. I think to play it again they might enjoy it better on another play. Um, and the, the mechanic with your money has to meet and then cross your points. I love that. And I think that becomes more interesting. And that makes the win that much more satisfying at that game. Because it is it is difficult. And you are trying to like adjust constantly as stuff's being taken away from you. So I, mean, I liked it. Yeah, I, I like it. They can be wrong. That's fine. <laughs> and then we played a game that I thought Jason would 
Okay, now Jason will play any game once, but gosh, he really hates to play social deduction games. Uh, he- I was not loving this one at, the, at first, but it grew on me. So we played Growl, and Growl is a very werewolf-style game where um, at the beginning everyone gets a roll, everyone's townspeople except for the werewolf. Then you've got cards that come out, um, and you start with a hand, and Anytime, like there are bite cards, there are wound cards, um, there are gold cards, and then there are charm cards. They're going to kind of counteract bites. And there are salve cards that are going to help heal your wounds. If you get three bites, you're a werewolf. If you get three wounds, you're dead. And so you play three rounds of this. Um, You go through the deck until you hit, like, a night phase. The night phase will have, like, a special power that whoever it stops on gets to use. And then you're going to take a card, two cards from your hand, pass one to a person on either side of you. If you are a werewolf, you're allowed to pass bite cards because you want to try and infect someone so that they have three bites in their hand um, to become a werewolf and on your side. Um, Or you want to pass away wound cards or... um, Maybe if you want to keep someone from turning into werewolf, you want to pass charm cards. Um, it's always interesting, I think, to play a social deduction game with people you don't know that well. Uh, so for me, I always try to use that to my advantage because people tend to like me. <laughs> and or or especially so I was the only female at this gaming convention. Um, so I don't know if they feel sorry for me or if I can play to that weakness. But sometimes I'll, I can weasel my way into cards that I really shouldn't have because I'm the bad guy. <laughs> um, although it helped that Dan did not sit close enough to actually do anything with me with his cards because he probably would have. He probably would have killed me like straight up. I am almost positive. Um, yeah. Um, go ahead. You said this is a social deduction game, but I, I don't know. Like, it didn't feel like that to me. One, I'm awful at figuring that stuff out. But two, there was no information other than passing the cards as to who has what, other than remembering who's getting what and who's giving what. But even then, sometimes people are just taking cards because they have to take some of the cards. So I was really struggling with that part. I had no idea who was whatever. <laughs> other than if somebody passes me a bite, I know one of the people to my right, left or right is a, a a werewolf. That's all that I know. Yeah. The other thing that this is a different kind of social deduction game is that sometimes when you know who the werewolf is, um, you can't do anything about it. Like, you can try and call them out, but if you're not, like, right next to them, like, trying to fend them off or whatever or help heal other people that they're trying to... Um, like, what's the word? Um, I keep wanting to say impregnate, and that's not what werewolves do. Like, infect, Convert? infect, infect, yeah, infect. Infect. Yeah. Um, infect. I mean, maybe you're impregnating them. Depends what kind of werewolf you are. Um, infect. So I think there's. It's just a little. It's a little bit different than some kind of traditional um, social deduction. So the first round. Um, I actually managed to live as a townsperson, which I feel like is really difficult because that game really kind of is, uh, it does lean a little bit heavier towards the werewolves because it is so much easier, I think, to infect. Um, yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I, th- I would agree with that. And so while my team won two out of three rounds, I did not have enough gold. I didn't, only got I only got one gold in the last round where I was, I, I started as the werewolf, the original werewolf. 
I was the OG in two, the second round and the third round, which I hate that because that that is a hard position sometimes to defend, especially when Dan pulls out a card that says, ask two people um, how many cards they have of a certain type. And he's like, oh, a bite card. And Tim and I were both like, we have three bite cards. And at the time, while I was the original werewolf, I still had a charm to negate one of my bite cards. Um, but I still managed to infect everyone. And then when I couldn't infect everyone, I killed off Dan. <laughs> so that, yeah, that that's always fun. That was fun. That was fun. So that I could win. It was great. And Spencer was but trying to. But you didn't s- win because I won. Spencer tried to sow dissension. And so I made sure that he got killed too. Even though he was a werewolf as well. <laughs> At the end. (laughs) So I like those kind of games. I know that you don't, but it was tolerable, right? Yeah, it was fine. Like, it was less about trying to figure out who everybody was and just, like, talking trash. (laughs) It just felt like a card game where you're talking trash to people. And then because you're talking trash, it makes people automatically assume that you're the person that you're not. Mm -hmm. So part of the reason I couldn't figure anything out, because everybody seemed like they were a werewolf at all the time. (laughs) So I was like, I don't know. I'm just going to play my game and I'll just, you know, see what happens. I, so, yeah, I don't know. That's funny because I was like like not trying to play like a werewolf. I was trying to be like so undercover. It's, uh, yeah. But but of these style games, I did enjoy this one. This one was fun. I will I will give that and I will say that this was a fun game. Yeah, this, this is kind of stuff I like that Jason never lets me play. So it was nice that I got to play it once. Um, in a different- you make me sound like a tyrant. You are. I, mean, I rule with an iron fist. <laughs> yes, everyone knows that your word is law in our house. <laughs> Apparently, that's what it sounds like on this podcast. That, but this like goes back to this conversation that Jason and I had right before we start we started recording the podcast um, about our youngest daughter who continually yells at Jason all the way down the stairs after he puts them to bed. Her sound machine is so loud, so she's deaf, and she keeps yelling things and goes, what? What? And Jason's like, I said goodnight. When I put her to bed, like I said, she goes right to sleep. So tonight he said, why do you not do this to mommy and you do this to me? And she's like, because mommy will will get me in trouble and spank my butt, and she means it. (laughs) And apparently, uh, daddy doesn't mean it as much as mommy does, so... That, I know that's what I said. I said, so you're telling me just out of the kindness of your heart, you're not just going to listen to me <laughs> when I ask you to do this, but instead I have to threaten you with a butt spanking? Like, I don't get it. We don't even spank her butt. I don't even know why like that. <laughs> no. I don't know. I just mean it more, I guess. I don't know. Uh, it's obnoxious. <laughs> uh, anyway, we ended the night with um, a deduction game and one that we've talked about before. And it is so, it's, again, it's, every time we play it, I'm like, gosh, this game is so good. And that's Mask of the Red Death. Um, I love this game for a lot of reasons, because I do love deduction. I grew up playing Clue as a very small child, um, and have played a lot of Clue-like games, and really love them still. um, I also love literature, and I teach Edgar Allan Poe frequently at school, and so... And the artwork on this is is really pretty, like almost Edward Gorey esque, um, like Tim Burtony. I love that. I love 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 it. Um, so in this game, you are kind of in two phases. So the first phase, you are moving around this like pie looking board that has rooms with different colors. And the nice thing about this is, if you're colorblind, each room also has a symbol. So if you can't tell, and some of the colors are suspiciously 
close. So if you can't tell what color it is, there are symbols that help you. And they're on all the cards as well as the board, which I think is excellent. Like that's super helpful for me. Um, you're moving around and you're playing cards of your hand. Everyone starts with the same hand of cards that are the actions that you're going to do. So you're trying to gain popularity at the same time, you're also trying to get cards in your hand that tell you um, what rooms are going to be safe at what times. Because um, once, how many rounds do you play? 12? Yeah, I think so. There's 12 rounds, yeah. Once you play 12 rounds, death. Or 16. 16. 12 or 16. Oh, I think maybe 16. 16. Once you play those 16 rounds, which are pretty quick because you play one card each round, um, death comes and will attack and kill in two different rooms. And you have to program your movement to stay out of those rooms when death arrives. So you're spending the first part of the game like trying to be popular because if you manage to survive with more than one person, the most popular one wins, um, which I feel like is like horrible as far as the theme goes, but whatever. Um, but it's really hard to stay alive. <laughs> like it's really hard. Um, and honestly, you mentioned like we didn't, we have never played this with taking notes and I, I'm set, I want to set out to actually play the game and be able to take notes because you can look at cards in other people's hands but not actually have them in your own. So when you get to the programming phase, you might not remember what you've seen correctly or you also have a chance to look at the two cards that are in each time slot um, that show what death is where death is programmed to go and you might forget what you've looked at there as well. Um, so I think that that, that that is kind of a part of it. They don't mention the rule book, but... If you don't do that, like there are a lot of cards and you gain popularity that I feel like it's so hard to stay alive that popularity, why waste your time on that? Because you're like, I just want to survive death at the end. Um, because not only are you just trying to figure out where you can go as safe, you have to figure out enough places that are safe so that you can actually get there. Because once that kind of death hour starts, um, you can only move one space at a time every 10 minutes. Like in game time, not in actual time, which is really hard. Yeah, it's it's now that I understand what I need to get when I'm playing this game, I, I like the game a little better. But trying to figure out the cards where I need to move to, that's a whole other story. Because, yeah, I had one. I had a card for every single time slot, but not of rooms that I could get to in that one movement allowance for each 10 minutes. So, yeah, yeah, it's just. I had to make some guesses, and then at 1230, I ate it. I bit the dust. I died at 1210. Like, I could not even get to, because I was trying to move to the rooms that I knew were going to be safe at, like, 1230 and 1240. But in order to get there, I had to pass through unknown rooms, um, because it needed two movements. And, yeah, the unknown room was a bad bargain. I mean, the odds are kind of in your favor, because there's seven different colors, and he's only hitting two. So, I mean... You got pretty good odds that maybe you'll get lucky. <laughs> Those odds were not in my favor. No, they did not I died. But uh, Dan was mentioning like it is like really tense. Um, like there's some cool player interaction where you're like, oh, I'm gonna flirt with you. So it's like, hey, and like you can get into character if you want, or like, oh, mock somebody, and you gain popularity and they lose popularity or whatever. Like you can be ridiculous about it. In that first part, but once death shows up, you're like, oh, did I program it right? Like, oh, where is it going to go? Like, it is really tense. Like, your butt cheeks get tight. Like, it's 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 tense. It really is. Uh, that's why I love it. Yeah, it's a good game. It It is a good game, for sure. 
Probably Dan's favorite of the night, I think. <laughs> that's what I heard. Because he won, I'm sure. Yeah, that's true. He never did say this game sucked. No, he didn't. As he usually does in the first five minutes of playing. <laughs> that's true. Yep. So those were the games that we played last weekend. Holy cow, we played a lot. Part of that is because Jason is a slave driver. Yeah, we actually played more games than that that weren't part of this rundown mechanic mechanic rundown con that we'll talk about later. Yeah, because it's just so much, and we've already been recording for way longer than Jason wants to edit, I'm sure. Yeah, it's it's a little long, but that's, <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. There were a lot of games to talk about. So did we play any that you're interested in? Um, do you think there are some that we should force the board game rundown to play with us next time? Do you want to get an invite to the next Rundown Mechanic Con? Let us know. Find us on Facebook. Go to our um, Facebook group, hashtag The Riveted. We, I've seen some new members trickle in. Welcome, welcome. We love to have new people. Um, we like people in there just talking about games. And people like will show games I've never heard of before that are so interesting. Like I, I love that. And it's such a great positive group, encouraging, fun, a good time. Definitely join that Facebook group. Find us on Twitter, find us on Instagram and definitely on our YouTube page. Jason is so good about making videos. I'm flirting with the idea of doing a video series myself, but well, who knows? We'll see. We'll see about that. Maybe I'll work on it on spring break. Um, and I'm also wondering if anyone actually uses TikTok. Like, would that be something that you'd want to see in our social media? Tell us about it because we love to hear from you guys. Okay, this has been long enough. My butt's numb from sitting here. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting there too. All right. Well, I've been Katie. And I'm Jason. Keep gaming, everybody. Keep gaming. Keep gaming.